Hello and welcome back to Last Guys Off the Bench. Scoop. Podcast where you get expert NBA analysis from expert lifetime bench warmers. My name is Josh Kane, and as always, I'm here with the two greatest 2.7 points per game scorers and pick up basketball history, Darcy Fraley and Juan Aranda. What's up, boys? They call it's me 3.2 for sure. <laughs> <laughs> what up? What's the name of the glue that everyone used in elementary school? Elmer's? Rubber cement? Elmer's. They call me Elmer's because I'm the glue guy. Rubber cement? <laughs> they call you Elmer's? Get the hell out of here. They call you Gorilla because you're the glue guy? <laughs> gorilla and Elmer's are forever going to be attached to our intros for the future. Just so you know. I like it. Hey, yeah. All right. I, dibs on Gorilla. Hey, I'm Elmer's, man. That's what they call me on the courts. Can I get rubber cement or something? I don't know. Yeah, RC. RC. <laughs> RC. Yeah. <laughs> All right. On today's pod, we are going to be talking through some potential, hypothetical, definitely 100% verified buyer and seller ideas. As of February 6th, trade restrictions for 90 players that signed a contract in the offseason have been lifted, which means that 93% of the NBA is eligible to be traded. There are 29 players that still cannot be traded. They're all guys who have signed extensions with their current teams before Shout the season started or since the season started. Shout out Luke Kennard, untouchable. So aside from those 29 guys, the league is fair game. And with the March 25th trade deadline quietly approaching, we think some teams are going to be looking to buy and sell to make some moves either up into contention or down into the tank. We here at Last Guys Off the Bench like being ahead of the game. So away we go with some of these buyers and sellers. We are recording this episode on Tuesday, February 9th. So as always, if uh, we get anything beautifully correct, please give us all the credit in the world. And if we get anything glaringly incorrect, we didn't do it. I do have a question. It was Elmer. It was Elmer. Okay. Um, why are uh, extension players not eligible to be traded? I don't know. CBA rules. It's just in the CBA. Cool. For the whole season, they have to wait until one year? I don't know when the stoppage is. I, I mean, before, before the research. trade deadline, they can't be traded. So, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I have to, I'll, have to, I'll have to look into our boy Bobby Marks, who's a kind of NBA contract guru over free SPN. I'm sure I'll have some of those details. So, shout out Bobby Marks. Shout out Bobby Marks. <laughs> who's, the le- who's the player on this list that you'd want least? On the list of notable players who can't be traded? Yeah. Um, Kyle Kuzma. Don't want him. Keep him away from me. Uh, honestly, I think Monte Morris. Yeah, he's, he pops out to run me. For his money. Hey, Monte Morris runs that second unit in Denver very well. Okay. Is that second okay, unit? Amino. Okay, Amino. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Oh, Anobi, and Anobi's up there for me too. Him, Kuzma. Oh, shut Monte up. Morris. That's my number one boy. OG is the king. I'm telling you, in, in, in two years, he's going to be Kawhi. He's going to be Kawhi. No, he's not. Yes, no, he is. No, that's, that is absolutely ridiculous. You just Stop. like, yeah. He's that's, on that's... the track. He's on the track. What track is that? You can't just pull out PER numbers when Kawhi was two years in the league and be like, half the league has those PER numbers. <laughs> that's such bullshit. I think OG is a, OG is a, he's averaging 12, is a, four and four, just like Kawhi. He's a defensive monster. And he has the potential to really upgrade a lot of aspects of his game. And, and kind of really hit a next level. He's he's on the fringe of being at a next level. A We've lot already of his... spent too much time on OG. <laughs> no, we haven't. We can talk about him all night long. All night long. Stay tuned for the next episode of The Last Guys Off the Bench. OG and Anobi. That's the only content. That's the rest of the first half. Second half's TJ. <laughs> I want to hear your OG takes about OG. 
You can save those. The OG. The OG. Hey, should that be instead of um instead of RC? Can I be OG? Original glue. <laughs> there we go. Glue. Yes. <laughs> yes. All, All right, right. Well, let's move on. <laughs> let's move on. Let's actually get going. A team that is clearly going to be buying heading to this traded line that's over a month away is the Brooklyn Nets. They've obviously already bought a lot this season, but they clearly have some holes to fill in their roster after losing a lot of their depth in the wild-ass James Harden trade. (laughs) What kind of moves do you think the Nets have to make to become more of a contender than they already are? Juan and I talked about this a little bit last pod. Like, they need Jared Allen. (laughs) (laughs) They Um, do. Jared Allen is the guy. It's wild. It's wild. I mean, if they had Jared Allen, I honestly think they'd – well, they definitely make the finals, in my opinion. And I, I don't know if they'd beat the Lakers at that point, but it'd be close. Um, right now, I kind of think they're going to lose in the second round, just the way they're constructed. Somebody like Tristan Thompson, I would have said in the past, like on the buyout market. I don't know if you guys have anybody else in mind, but they need a defensive five. Somebody that can play next to Durant, Harden, and Irving on crunch time, and then probably a defensive two or three. I honestly, I can't even, I can't even think of guys who would be available. I, I, I don't think they're in a good position. I, I think what's going to happen is they're going to get somebody on the buyout market um, on a minimum salary, but I don't know who well, that hey, is. They did just sign Noah Vonley. Yeah, exactly. So it'll be like somebody yeah. like Myers Andy Leonard. Trump, you know, like, yeah, Noah Vonley, Myers. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be just something like really trash. Um, you know, can they get Gorgie Dang for nothing? <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I was going to ask is they, they already gave away their picks. Oh, that'd be sick. Sign him up. You <laughs> got it, dude. <laughs> don't, tell me, don't tell me you wouldn't take Rosh Nesterovich over Amon Shumpert right now. Oh, yeah. Oh, they did sign Amon Shumpert. That was terrible. And then, like... <laughs> what do they have to trade, though? So I think They don't the have those pieces. Market. That's the thing, yeah. Well, they trade they all their picks. Right, what about somebody from the Pistons? Sorry, go ahead, one. The Grant line? Uh, no, well, they traded their picks. They really don't have... I guess the movable players that they have are the ones they want to keep, right? I assume they want to keep DeAndre Jordan because he's the only big man they have. They're not going to let go of Joe Harris. Well, I don't, I don't think, I don't think Kawhi, not Kawhi. I don't think Kyrie or KD would allow Jordan to be traded. Mm-hmm. He's their boy. If Jordan, if Jordan was somehow traded, they would just like boycott the season because for <laughs> whatever reason, they're so attached to him. Victory. Can they trade Dinwiddie? Are they allowed Big to board. while he's hurt? I don't. I don't remember if he's on IR. I don't think you can trade. I don't think so, right? I'm looking at the roster, and there's not much here to be traded. TLC, love him. uh, Shamit, Bruce Brown, Tyler Johnson. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Who's gonna Who's gonna buy Tyler Johnson? Nobody. Uh, (laughs) I bet you, Shamit at least still has some some name recognition around the league as being a young guy who can develop into a somewhat premier shooter and. And he has some defensive ability as well. All right, so say say they were willing to get rid of Shamit and they're willing to get rid of Bruce Brown. Bruce Brown has had some nice run for this team when he's had to step up and randomly enter the starting lineup and he performed well for them in the bubble and all this stuff. I wonder if they'd be willing to trade away those two bottom end of the rotation guys for one other star. Not even a star, but one other like more firm rotational piece. Like I wonder they're so they're so shallow. I wonder how much they are willing to trade away some of their already very shallow depth to just get a piece. Those guys are young. I I just don't know what you're getting back that's going to be worth giving up the depth or or 
how young they are and how, I think how talented both of them could be or the players they could turn into. Do you want to trade both of them for like Biombo? No. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but like, what do you think you're but getting for what, those yeah, two yeah, players? Yeah. <laughs> Alfaro Camino. What? They're both probably on like three, four million dollar total, like two million yeah. a piece. So, yeah, so you can't you're not getting like, salary. you know, like the other person I would think of is like Cody Zeller. Well, he's like probably getting paid 16, 17, 18 million. People like that. I, I, I don't know who you get. I think the Nets definitely want to be buyers. I think that they're pretty constrained with the roster they have. I don't think they will be. Like you said, Darcy, if it's a buyout thing with like someone who's going to take the minimum and they could just waive a player, then sure. But other than that, I don't think that they'll be, you know, making any moves at all. So do we have a firm last guys off the bench consensus that the Nets most likely will not be making any trades and we'll just try to get a buyout piece? I yeah, think I think so. so. I, I just don't think they have the salary to move anybody unless they want to give up DeAndre Jordan or unless they could trade Dinwiddie, which I think you said, Josh, I don't think they can. So. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, that's the Nets. Let's move on to... Hey, to... Josh, really quick. I, I'm curious because Juan and I talked about this, but where do you think they're going to go? What's their... Where do you think they get bounced in the playoffs? I've been... Or not, or not get bounced. Yeah, I've been been floating back and forth with the Nets as I've been watching them play more. And I keep falling back to the idea that in the playoffs, especially the finals, the team that can get some stops is the team that is able to win. Mm -hmm. If you're in the finals, you're always going to have two or three guys on your team who can reliably hit a shot. Right. Yeah. And the most important aspect of your game in the latter end of a game seven in the finals is being able to actually lock down an offense for possession mm-hmm. to get that advantage. And the Nets cannot do that. I keep thinking about that. And that's just because I watch basketball. That's that's where my favorite reference is. But then when I do see Harden and Kyrie and KD all on the court at once, all three of those guys do things that blow my mind every game. And even though they can't, they can't play defense. I don't even, I don't, I really don't know if another team can, can lock them down. If those three guys are going to be in. So it's, they kind of, they've kind of broken my basketball brain, to be honest. I feel like if I, if I was firm in saying that they wouldn't make the finals because of their lack of defense, they would just make me rue those words and, and prove <laughs> me wrong. So they, they baffle me right now, and I really just kind of need to see more of them, I think. So you're locking in that Futures pick, champions? So if we're talking about Futures picks, I think Philly is a good bet to come out of the East, and I also think Boston has Baldwin. a chance to – I think Boston has a chance as well. I think Boston has a chance oh, to pull it together. No. Um, I'm not saying that they Boston is going to win the Eastern Conference, but I think they have a shot to be able to kind of be a deep team that has a lot of top-end talent as well that can just go on a run, kind of like yeah. Miami last year. Like, I think it could be like last year's Miami. They have more talent than last year's Miami, I think. They're a piece yeah. away, man. I think they're a piece away. Gordon Speaking Hayward. Well, well, I guess we'll get to them. Yeah, <laughs> Speaking of buyers, let's just jump to the Celtics. What are the Celtics going to do? They haven't fully been healthy this season because Kemba was out to start the year. Once Kemba slotted back in, they had some other COVID problems that took out some of their back end of the rotation. Jalen Brown has been injured for a couple games now, and they haven't really had a week or two in a row where they've had each of their pieces playing. Despite that, do we think they're going to make some moves? I think they need to. I, I think there's. I think they're a piece away. What do they Probably need? Two What's pieces? that piece? Somebody who can play alongside 
or back up Brown and Tatum just to give them some minutes. But it needs to be somebody who can probably also play the four um, so they could potentially play together. Again, Gordon Hayward. The person that comes the person that comes to mind for me, which is a little out of this world, so, so stay with me for a second, but the trade exception is so big that they could absorb somebody pretty large is Blake Griffin. He's been a shell of himself. Maybe a new situation would unlock some of his uh, youth, less pressure, less minutes. Not that there's a lot of pressure in Detroit, but. I was going to say, I think they need a big. Daniel Trice is their starting center, and he's 6'8". And, like, the only other guy that they yeah. have is Thompson. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. All their centers are, are like, threes, th- you know, four years ago. Robert guys Williams was good, but. Four. Yeah, he's I'll, good, but. I wouldn't trust him when it comes down to it, though. He's still pretty young. I, I I hate that they have to rely on Daniel Tice at the end of games. Not that he's bad. He's a, he's a solid player. But I think that's where they could upgrade. I agree with Darcy that um, buying Blake Griffin on the cheap, I mean, he's really expensive, though. Like, do they but cheap in terms of like what you have to give up, not in terms of salary. If you're thinking of replacing someone in their closing five, Boston's closing five is going to be Kemba, Smart, probably Brown at the three, Tatum at the four, and then probably Tice, one of those guys at the five. Does a move like Griffin actually move the needle for them? Like when you think about that five, if you put Blake Griffin in that final five instead of Daniel Tice, does that actually make a significant difference? I don't think so. I think Tice is actually more capable to kind of just hold the the front court steady and and be a reliable presence on defense and to kind of protect the paint. I don't know. I don't don't think, I don't think Blake's that guy. I don't know if they're hurting on defense in a way that, uh, you know, an upgrade, I think for the upgrade there would be Griffin on offense, not holding onto the ball, but he's such a gifted passer and he's such a good playmaker. I think it could unlock some things for them because sometimes they get kind of stuck. Yeah, um, they have too much talent to get stuck, but they do. And I just think that if they can sort of, you know, revert a couple plays in the last six minutes of the game, just to like some old school, like inside out type of stuff, you know, try to get Tatum or Brown a better shot. Because sometimes they stall and then they just go into ISO and it's not always the best shot. It is interesting know. to watch them. Jalen Brown's been a revelation this year. He could arguably be most I don't I don't think he could be most improved player because he was already great last year. He was already really, really freaking good. But he's taken a leap this season. And Jalen Brown or not Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum's also been a top fifteen player in the league. When you take those two guys who have been thriving with the ball in their hands, and you take Kemba who also thrives with the ball in his hands. It is kind of, it, it feels like whenever they change up their offense, it's just running the same ISO sets, just with a different guy with the ball. They're not yeah. actually making adjustments. Yeah, and they, they they don't, besides for Brown, Tatum and Walker don't really move well without the ball. So they kind of get true? pretty, they, they get stagnant. I, I was watching them play on Sunday, and I think it was Sunday. And Walker just like kept going into the paint, getting in there, getting into his spots. When he was younger, he probably would have been able to finish in there. Uh, But now he's trying to pass out of it. And they just, I don't know if it's their spacing. I don't know if it's because people aren't moving. I I think it's probably more that people aren't moving for him, that he just gets caught in the air, turns it over. Like plays like that, that I'm just like, they could probably use somebody around the free throw line. Aldridge, Aldridge could be another guy to fill right into that trade exception for, you know, whatever picks, I guess. I think he'd work with him offensively. I think it'd be a good fit in terms of like, you know, he's he's money from 18 feet and he doesn't need to take that many. But but I guess if we're talking about them if that's what we're talking about. I mean, we've 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 talked a lot about Aldridge off the pod. 
I, I've made it pretty clear that I, I think Aldridge is beyond his years and, and shouldn't be playing as much as he is for the Spurs. So if we're talking about having a piece in Boston's offense to spice things up, to me, like Aldridge isn't a guy who's going to help increase ball movement that much. He's not a guy who's going to help increase like motion on the floor and help that, that team offensive structure. Well, he's going to hit that shot. He's going to he's going to hit that shot just by standing there, though, right? And if we're talking about this offense being stagnant and not moving enough and being too ISO, like I, I feel like that's not a that's not a piece that you need. What about Horford? I think the difference. Oh boy! <laughs> full circle, full circle on a terrible contract, but he would fit into that trade exception. No, you would. he wouldn't do it. And you know they would take him in for like take him off, you know, give up a first round pick, I guess. Which sounds like ludicrous, but only if they didn't have to eat the full salary. Yeah, I'm not saying it's a good, <laughs> it's a good <laughs> idea because his contract he still has two more years after this one at 27 mil. But you know, this year, talking about a team that could make a run to the finals, like Josh had mentioned, Horford could put them if if Slightly Boston thinks the they could get, especially if they can get him back to like 85, 90 percent of what he was when he was on their team, ignoring what he did with the Sixers. I think. Going back to Aldridge, I think the difference is, okay, so Tice sets just as good of a screen, but the difference is Tice rolls in, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. it doesn't it doesn't create any spacing. If, all, if, if Aldridge sets a screen for Tatum or Kemba and they it get a one-on-one out. drive to the lane, it, that's money every time. And if they get double team, then that gives Aldridge an open shot. And if someone runs to Aldridge, then that gives Brown an open shot, et cetera. Like that simple motion right there does create offense for a team like that. I don't think the Spurs would do it. <laughs> I don't think I don't want them to. Um, I don't think they'd be willing to pay for Aldridge either. He's like twenty million. I think the Spurs would only legitimately sell Aldridge and anyone on the team right now if if they were going to be trash. And so far this season, they've they've been a solid team and are going to be contending for a playoff spot in the West. So until that breaks, I doubt that the Spurs are going to be looking to to move Aldridge away. That's true. And I I, I gotta and I'm just throwing stuff against the wall here. I got one more for you that I. I really like. So we'll see how you feel about this. Vucevic. Wait on us. Oh, yeah. Vooch. Oh, for Vooch. Robert Williams in a first. Nah, they wouldn't do that, though. <laughs> for X in a first. You know, whatever. You know. I mean, I would, first. Really I mean the trade exception would fit in there. I would, love, I would love that for the Celtics, right? but I don't think the Celtics... They would have to give up too much to get like Vooch just Vooch has been a beast this season. Oh, he's been a beast for the past five years. I know man. he's, he's, been, he's, he's been quietly one of, he's been Smart quietly a, a top, a top three center possibly in the league. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he's nasty. Um, Dude, imagine what he would do for that team. I mean, okay. So what, what do you think the trade package would have to be that Orlando would accept? I don't. Smart in the first. Ah, Smart might be pushing it. Um, I don't know. I don't know if. so? I think smart. It, I say smart, yes, but smart's too smart. important to that Boston team. Like, I think they really... can replicate what smart provides, but they need, but they wouldn't be able to match what Vooch provides. They what need about... smart on the wing. So Mar- Marcus Smart has been Marcus Smart has been out for about two weeks now because he got injured, and the team is drastically different without him on the court. They are, the only... They're much weaker. They wouldn't need him if they had Vooch. I the only player it. who I, gives uh gives that same effort that Josh is talking about, and I, you know I had I have to bring this up is Peyton Pritchard. Peyton Pritchard, <laughs> only person. I'm I swear to you though, he's like as soon as he comes in the game, just like Marcus Smart. As much as I hate Marcus Smart, the team just like gets lifted up and they like perform at a higher level. It's crazy. 
But what? Okay, so you wouldn't? You don't think they'd do R. Williams and a and a first? That's not enough for Vooch. I don't think it's enough. But you think Marcus Smart in a first is? Why? Why would they want Marcus Smart? I don't know if that's enough necessarily either. either. I think that's right, the that's starting fair. point. Is my point. Okay. Yeah. So if we're talking about buyers and sellers, I don't think the Magic are going to be selling, even though they're the Magic are brutal this year and they lost Markel Fox injury they don't have Jonathan Isaac due to injury they both tore their left ACLs yeah Aaron Gordon is out for the next month or two and he's had a trash season mm-hmm. but but even then I I feel like the the magic are just going to be shifting their focus from keeping this team intact for this season to next season if the magic have a healthy team they should be able to make the playoffs next year and I doubt they're going to sell Vucevic who is arguably their best player yeah but I would sell Gordon if I were them because I don't think he has that much value for them right now, and he could be really valuable on some other teams. What about Gordon on Boston? I, I like I it. It's a good fit. You don't oh, like you it? Do? I like it. I think because he, he can play small ball five. Talk about six eight players who could play center. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just but, think that he doesn't provide. I mean, he's a good player, right? But what I don't know how his skills translate to Boston. This is like, I just don't see him fitting. I don't think it's the skill set that they need. And I don't think he's good defensively, which I think is what they need as well. Well, well you were saying that they don't actually. I don't but... know if they – yeah, I think their defense is pretty solid besides for Kemba. Um, but what if... but they make up for it. You know, Tatum and Brown are so long on, on the um, on the outside. And you have Smart guarding whoever the best perimeter player is, you know, that at that size. What about Vooch and a protected first for Kemba? I don't think the Magic do that. I don't think people want Kemba. He looks like. <laughs> also, looks like... And, I mean, Fine, the, magic, the magic. The magic have faults. I think the, the magic. They extended Markel Fultz. They are committing to Markel Fultz despite his injury. Lame. I think they 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 want Markel Fultz to run that backcourt. I got a better trade for Aaron Gordon, but it's not for the Celtics. So I don't know. That's right. Guys, let's move on. So move we're on? talking. To, we're talking about the magic right now, possibly selling. I, I think you're right, though, Josh. I don't think they're going to sell Booch because he. He's on a good contract, a team, more team-friendly contract for his production, and yeah. they have a lot of young talent, and they, they are a team that likes to compete for the eight seed, which then you're only a move away from the four or five seed. Warriors. For Gordon? Aaron Gordon for Oubre and a first. What first, though? Future because, first. Because for the, for the Warriors, uh, we're going to talk more about this later on, but the Warriors have not the, the Timberwolves to one. the Timberwolves pick. That's no, no, top no. three protected next season and unprotected yeah. after that. So that's a very valuable asset, but they, the Warriors would not throw that into an no, 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 trade. No, 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 no. I'd say the most recent, whatever the, their most recent pick is coming up. If they have the, their pick this year, I'd trade this year's, the, the, the year after that, whatever, whenever they could first trade their next pick, if that makes sense, their own. Yeah. I wonder, yeah. So, so Aaron Gordon is very much kind of a damaged asset right now. He's a guy who has never, never quite lived up to what people would expect. And that was also... That was also kind of Kelly Oubre as well. So I wonder if if the Warriors are willing to give up a pick just to get another player in a similar circumstance who is kind of a damaged asset. They're just going to keep rolling through these guys. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, right? Well, like that's what's <laughs> Okay, so I got another Oubre one for you. Kevin Love for Oubre in a future first. And the Warriors also have trade exceptions, so like there's some salary that you know, I think that matches with their trade exceptions. But can we see Love Ubre. play first? No, I, mean, I think you do. I think that's the, yeah. I think that's how you get him that low because Uber. Yeah, like you said, Josh. And Uber matches been, up more with uh, their timeline, the Cavs timeline. So 
and they have like so many you know they have drummond they have allen they have um you know four other people who are like play i mean that i position. bet i bet you i bet you the Cavs if they could get a solid win guy like Ubright, let's say at some point in the future the Cavs prime five would be jared allen larry nance jr kelly Ubre, and then colin sexton and darius garland like that's a that's a cool five i would like yeah. to watch them play osman coming off man Mm. Yeah, Jetty Osman, and then mm. I mean Drummond would be out of there, so maybe you add an asset while getting rid of Drummond as well. Oh, sorry to go back to the. I know this is this is we're kind of jumping all around the Nets. If Drummond gets bought out, he won't get bought out though. He's going to get Drummond's too valuable. The the Cavs will trade him. The Cavs will trade. I him. hope so, but isn't he on an expiring? So they need yeah. to trade him, or he's gone, or they need to buy him out, or they keep him. Unless there's a team that desperately wants him, right? That's like, all right, fine. We'll give up the first just to make sure the Nets don't get him, and we do. I think he's gonna get bought out. I think people are gonna be like, well, no, we're not gonna trade you anything. He's. What about Boston for Drummond? Two seconds. I lo- I love it. I would love that. Imagine yeah, Boston on that team. If we if you take Daniel Tice seconds. out and put Drummond in. Yeah, two seconds and the exception. No, it would have to be more than two seconds though. You'd have to put in a first. You'd have to. You'd have to. Here's the. I think you do. Who are they competing Tell me, with? I know. Look at the Cavs though. Their option is a. Keep him for the rest of the year and not get any better. B, get two seconds out of it and dump the salary, like the last half of that salary. Or yep. C, pay him to not play. Pay him the full salary to not play. But since since when do we value two? Are we Sam Hinkie? Like two seconds or nothing? Like <laughs> uh, so. Well, one is, is to save sec- face. They don't have leverage. Yeah, exactly. They don't have leverage. It's the same thing that happened with Tristan Thompson. They kept him just to keep him, and then he just walked. So what was the point of that, right? Yeah. Wouldn't you rather at least have two seconds? I don't value them that high, so don't get me wrong. But I, I don't know if you'd get a first for him. Not because he's not good enough mm. to warrant a first. Oh, you know exactly. We got it all wrong, technically. What it's going to be is it's going to be a, a heavily protected first, so they can save face that converts then, into t- two. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, that's spot on, spot on, and then people, that's yeah, actually no, that's perfect that line. That's 100 yeah, yeah, exactly. That's exactly, yeah, yeah, top, top 28 protected. <laughs> <laughs> that converts into two seconds the next, yeah, year. yeah, that is spot on. I love that though, Josh. That would be like him on the Celtics. That'd be great. I would be scared if I was a Sixers fan or if, if, if they got him as a Sixers fan, <laughs> not if I was. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Hey, I think we, I think we literally just drafted up the contract language. Let's, uh, let's get them on the phone. It's the, let's submit to the league office. Let's get on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We got it. Are there any other possible Andre Drummond destinations? The Cavs are definitely sellers. The Cavs are going to be selling. And Who else do you think they're selling? So Drummond and Love. Drummond and Love, I think. Maybe Osman, but I think they'd want something nice back for him. And I don't know. Love, Love and Drummond have to be locks to be on the move, right? They, they won't be on we've the been, Cavs after the trade deadline. There's no more after the buyout deadline. We've been hearing about how they've they're going to be on the move for over a year now, but yeah. like, still nothing has happened. I, I love the um I love the Love contract or uh, deal, quote unquote. Like he's under contract for relatively reasonable number for somebody who is you know an eight nine time all-star i know like you said josh it'd be nice to see him play like 10 games in a row when's the last time he's done that Um, i don't even know (laughs) but but i mean on on a really good team that could afford to not have him play back-to-backs or something like that he could be really valuable just in the same way drummond could where does he go 
Who's going to pay what it costs? Who can? For Drummond or Love? Love, sorry. Um, I think it's a short list that so, can actually pull off the trade because the contract's high enough that. I don't know. It's because I, I had the Warriors as sellers. I don't know how you guys consider them, mm. whether they're buyers or sellers, but they've been doing this for two years now where they're just taking an expensive bloated contract and see if, seeing if they can make it work, right? Like under, lowering the expectations of the player, right? So I'm wondering if they could unload Wiggins in that love trade at all or. Yeah, I'd rather keep Wiggins to... than Ubre. That was at least my, my logic with it. I was just thinking if Ubre wasn't the right price because I like that move, right? Yeah. I, I think Wiggins is a little bit better of a player, even if he's like super inefficient than Ubre. But I don't know if that's necessarily someone the Cavs want. I could see the Cavs doing that, especially again. I like Wiggins more than Ubre, uh, and I think he's shown that he's capable of putting up some decent numbers on a on a good team. I don't want to see Wiggins leave yeah. the Warriors because again, Wiggins is a former number one pick. Yo, who got I just no, realized. Listen, what? Hold up, it. hold up. Wiggins for love, and then Wiggins ends up in Cleveland. Yeah, yeah. it's full circle. Swap it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to be too much of an Andrew Wiggins believer. I don't think he's going to reassert himself as a number one caliber talent in this league who's going to become a future all star. Like, I don't think Wiggins is going to be that good, but he got pretty messed up during his time in Minnesota. And I desperately want to see his physical abilities shine in a legitimately well-run organization and well-oiled machine like Golden State has. And I think Wiggins is more valuable within a system like Golden State has than he is for a team like the Cavs. I agree. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't, I, don't, I don't think NBA teams would necessarily evaluate things in that way because no one in the Cleveland front office is going to be like, well, Wiggins is going to suck more when he's with us than he is with the Warriors. Like they, I don't think oh, they would sure. evaluate things in that way. But as a fan, I, 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 want to see, I want to see Wiggins be in a position to thrive. And I think the Warriors are that place. Yeah, I don't I, think they're trading him. I mean, I, I thought I like that move just because I was like, yes, he's going to be an overpaid Harrison Barnes, which is exactly what he should be. Yeah. You know, perfect role for him in that team. Why don't you think the Warriors are buyers? What's your stance on them being a seller? They're not in a position to win a championship this year. I think their priority would rather be to unload Ubre than to necessarily get better. If that, I think they get better by unloading Ubre, and that's their priority rather than like seeking out a talent. I mean, I think they'd love to get Kevin Love, right? That'd be great for them. Ubre has been so unbelievably bad. He can only get better, right? Like right now, his value is actually as low as it will ever be. No, I, I agree with that. I don't think he's a bad player by any means. I just think he's, I don't know if he's going to do well in this situation ever. So, yeah. It, it, I, I think it just might be that. time. If they can get something back for him, like Aaron Gordon, like Kevin Love, like Reddick was the other person I had potentially for Ubre in a two seconds, <laughs> I, I probably do all of those. Well, hey, let's take this chance to to move over to another team that you just mentioned, Darcy, the Pelicans. From the sounds of it, you think the Pelicans are going to Pelicans. be sellers ahead of the trade deadline. Is that right? Yeah, man. I, I think I think they're going to be sellers for some of their older players. Um, they're more veteran players and Lonzo. So I think it's Lonzo, Redick, and Bledsoe. And I think they'd give up Adams if they had the the right opportunity to do so. Why do you think they don't want Lonzo? 
I don't know if it's not that they don't want him, but it doesn't seem like he's been playing up to his potential. I don't think they're going to want to tr- uh, sign him. He has him been his... over the past two weeks. Since the rumors came out. <laughs> I don't think they're going to want to sign him to whatever he gets from an offer sheet. Both him and Stan have said it. He's playing more of a two-guard role now. and Which is like, that makes zero sense. Yeah, like it's not a skill set. Yeah. He's a he's a playmaker, right? Like he's not a yeah. scorer. So if you're not gonna get your seven assists a game out of him, then he's just taking but up space. He's been shooting the he's, ball remarkably well over the past two weeks. In half of his games over the past two weeks, he's made four three pointers. At one point, I think he hit he hit six or seven in one game or something crazy. So, um, so the thing with that is though, like you can't trust him. I'm not gonna trust him ever in a playoff series, him shooting that three, and he doesn't actually space the floor, he's wide open. People are leaving him wide open. So it's not helping yeah. your team at all. He's just they're letting that's the shot they want you to take. Some nights he's gonna make them and some nights he's not. I, I don't trust that shot at all. So he did start off really bad. Um he's been on fire from three lately, but if you average it out, like his season percentage is 37%, which is average. It's not bad, but it's average. That being said, I think he's always going to be an average three-point shooter. He'll have streaks like he has right now, and he's going to have some. Op- he's going to be like Danny Green, where he's either hot or he's not, and there's no in between. But Danny Green and... doesn't have thirty-seven percent open threes. Danny Green yeah, has thirty-seven no, percent contested threes. You're it's right. A very you're different right. shot. One hundred percent. So what I'm saying is, if you're going to deal with this sort of uh, a streaky shooter. You need to like to take take advantage of the rest of his skill set, right? Like that team. I get that you have Brandon Ingram. I get that you have Zion, but he has to be setting up that offense. And if he's not, I think it is time for him to go. I think another team could utilize that a little bit better. And I don't know if necessarily it's going to be like a playoff team, but I got the team for you. Hit me, Denver Nuggets. Lonzo Ball for Ooh. a first round pick, and uh, they I have did trade not exceptions. see that. Dang, move Murray. I would love that for the Nuggets. Have him play I would, yeah, right? I would him and Jokic. absolutely love that. But that's the thing, though. Will you want the ball in Jokic's hands? So, I mean, does does Lonzo both... go? Oh, go, ahead. go into a similar situation where he's not as ball dominant as he needs to be to succeed? So I don't think he needs the ball in the way that a lot of t- a lot of people need the ball to be effective. He just needs to. He's a playmaker. He needs to touch the ball. He doesn't hold the ball long. Ingram holds True. the ball long and does it to shoot. He's like a worse version of Turkoglu. <laughs> you hate Brandon Ingram, don't you? No, 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 you... I, no, 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 no. And I don't mean. I love. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> listen, listen. Turkoglu was looking to pass, and he could score. Ingram looks to score, and he can pass. He, he's flipped the paradigm, and I just think that makes him a worse player on this team. He hurts Williamson, right? You're a Zion. He hurts Lonzo. I, I think he probably hurts everybody else on the team. So yeah, I, do, I guess I do hate him. Uh, not you know not because he's not good. I just. <laughs> If, if Lonzo had a role like his brother does in Charlotte, if Lonzo had a LaMelo role, that's exactly what Lonzo needs. 100%. It, when, yeah. when, when LaMelo is on the court, he's surrounded by other guys who can put the ball on the floor and move and score, mm-hmm. but he's able to just fill that facilitator role. And I, yeah. it's, it's wild that, that his brother is already seemingly in a better position to succeed than yeah. he is. So and he was like that his first two, sorry, Juan, his first two Lakers years, he was like that. And he was given the keys to be able to do that. And of course the team was terrible, but he was doing those things that his brother is doing now. So we know he's capable of it, but every year he got less and less responsibility. So he's not comfortable going to the hole. He doesn't look comfortable handling the ball as much anymore. And now he's just relegated to an outside three point shooter, which he isn't good at. Yeah. 
that first season was the only season that he got the liberty to do what LaMelo is doing, but that team sucked. And mm. he still sort of had to, I don't want to say placate because it's not like, oh, he was already significantly better, but had to relinquish a lot of the duties to Ingram. I don't think that helped him. And I think you're right that he's lost confidence, right? Because what LaMelo's doing is what Lonzo would do at UCLA. It was the exact exact same type of player that LaMelo's been. He just doesn't have the confidence to do it anymore. He doesn't like to drive in. He doesn't get the ball to start the offense. I think he does. What would help him the most is to get traded to a team that would let him roam freely, which is probably a team that's not going to make the playoffs. Have him get better and then, you know, be worthy of a decent contract in the offseason. I don't know what people, people think it's the Bulls. I don't necessarily know why if they have Kobe White. doesn't make a lot of sense. Kobe's um, a two in my mind. Doesn't he play the point he, or do I have that wrong? He, I mean, him and Zach Levine handle the ball a lot. I don't know if either of them, I would consider them points. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, I, guess, I guess from a size perspective, he's probably closer to a one. But I, I think you're right that it's Ingram because if you take Ingram out of there, last year Lonzo opened up the game a lot for Zion and he'd be great for Redick and – you know, he's good for Josh Hart, but I do think the Pels run the offense too much through Ingram. I think that's why they suck. <laughs> so I guess I'm also an Ingram hater. I just, I want to try and defend Ingram. It's going to sound like I'm bashing him, Josh. So I, um, and I know you're not well, necessarily defending him, but um, I'm not defending him either. Yeah. It's just, yeah. <laughs> we, we obviously, we make jokes about Ingram being 18 years old forever and, and being this, <laughs> 18 year old future all-star but 19 okay fine yeah he's he's now 19 <laughs> he's now 19 but he i don't know i i do struggle to evaluate him because yeah he again he's he, i guess he's one of those guys who he he is that good he is really good yeah but if he's taking away from the team around him as much as it currently seems like he is like it's i don't know how to evaluate that and you know like i don't know how to situate that within my like future vision of what Ingram could or should be. And I don't blame him. I, I, I do blame the coach. I, I, bl- I blame Stan. I think he's going to get fired at the end of this year. I, I don't think he's done a good job. I think if you made Ingram, I think his ideal role would be first guy off the bench. He might finish the game with you, but he's the guy who's going to come in for 28 minutes. You stagger his minutes a little bit and let him control the ball the way he controls it because he is a naturally gifted scorer. He's, he's almost too good for that though. Yeah. Right. Like I think, but and that's, I, I that's think what's he, the issue they're, they're, you know, they're kind of running into. Yeah. That's what they're facing right now. Yeah. He's like nearing into grant line territory because he's like, you're right. He's too good for that. But he, he's too, him being too good is their problem. I think they're giving him too much of the reins just because he can score doesn't mean that's their best way to win. I think it just stunts Zion's growth. If they didn't have Zion, I'd say go for it. You know, like let's see Zion if we can get this guy be... to like turn a corner, but he's stunting Zion's growth. Um, yeah, and again, Zion it's not Ingram's fault, but and he's not right now. Zion's not priority, and he definitely should be. And it doesn't help that they have Adams, who I love Adams, <laughs> but like that's a crazy little front court they got going on there, and it's I love it, dude. I love it so much. <laughs> if we're talking about the Pelicans selling, then they need to sell Adams. They need to get Adams the fuck out of there. But there's no one who is going to trade for him. I think uh, just Celtics? as a Lonzo fan, <laughs> hey, not not a bad idea. I think I don't want him to stay. I think he's not being utilized the right way. It's stunning his growth. Not that he'll ever be an all-star, but I think he's, I think he still has the potential to be like a legitimate, you know, career NBA point guard, starting point guard, but not the way he's playing in New Orleans. And I think it's because they're relegated him to a three. He's shooting through seven threes a game. Like that's way too much. 
That's ridiculous. I can't believe he's shooting seven a game. All right, I got a, I got a couple Lonzo destinations for you. Ready? Ready. Ready. I don't know if they're not necessarily realistic, but just in terms of fit, Milwaukee. I don't know what they would give up, but just in terms of fit, like destinations you'd like to see him. I think it'd help if uh, they had him running some of the offense and then Giannis oh, just getting what? set up by that. No, 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 no. I, don't, I disagree completely. When Giannis is off the floor, maybe. I, this is going on a tangent yeah, here, way. but we're, we're going to be way off board. But I think <laughs> the key to Milwaukee's success this season is to not run the offense through Giannis with the ball in his hands, but to run the offense through Middleton and Holiday on the wing and let Giannis just be an accessory in the paint who yeah. who is literally unstoppable in that role. I, I, I think I do think Milwaukee should take the ball out of Giannis's hands, but I think they already have the pieces to do that. Dude, Juan and I said the same thing last said pod. the exact same thing. Yeah, like the, yeah. their best play is a Holiday Middleton pick and roll with Giannis yes. on the weak side on the block. Yes, 100%. That yeah. play is unstoppable. Yeah, yeah, but they're not there. And maybe, maybe, maybe Budenholzer will commit to that more in the playoffs. I mean, Milwaukee's been kind of just coasting in the regular season so far. I mean, they're going to perform well in the regular season, but they clearly don't care that much. And they're going to be a different team in the playoffs. And I do wonder if we're going to see some of those actions roll it out for this Bucks squad. All right, fine. Let's uh, next that one. Let me give um, you one more. uh, Good. (laughs) Miami. I think they. I think they need another. Playmaker outside of Goran, because Goran run, facilitates really well, right? Yeah, but he's yeah. too old to be doing that 30 minutes a game now. I think if they decrease his minutes to like 25 and then Lonzo gets about 25 a game too. What if you would trade Goran and a pick for Lonzo? Is that too much? I think it is too much. I think uh, it would have to be another player just because they like, I mean, I, it makes sense. I get what you're saying, but they really like Goran. And I don't know if the Pels would want, I, I mean, they would need the pick. Right, I think that's like the yeah. whole point of doing that's it. That's the point, not for yeah. Goron. So if maybe if you get a third team in there, you get Goron out of there. But I think they, yeah, they value Goron pretty high, and so do I. But I mean, Goron's been been a he's struggled this. Year. He got off to a really hot start when when the team was more limited because Butler was out and they needed the ball in Goron's hands a lot. Mm-hmm. But ever since then, I mean, his age has drastically shown, and yeah. he's still he's he's still dealing with a injury from late in the bubble in the finals last year. I think I think there's a chance that Goran kind of gets back to having a better game towards the playoffs if they make yeah. the playoffs. If they make the, well, that yeah, that's a that's a whole other yeah. thing. Avery Bradley in the first. I do that if I'm the Heat in, the, in like right now. Call it in. But that's <laughs> the thing, though. I mean, at that point, New Orleans would literally only be doing that for the first. Yeah, Bradley will get some run in in New Orleans. <laughs> Look, at the end of the day, if they're sellers, right, if they're getting rid of Lonzo, if they're getting rid of J.J. Redick and potentially Steven Adams, these are the types of players that they're like, they're going to be doing it solely for the picks at this yeah. point. They're going to be taking these guys that other teams are trying to dump if they're going to be selling everyone. Because the way that it seems, it's like it is a little bit fire sale-ish. Like, all right, this experiment didn't work. Lonzo's doesn't work with Ingram. Neither does Adams. We need to get Redick out of here just because for Redick's sake, really. Speaking of Reddick, I got I got some Reddick trades for you. I want to throw at you. Do it. Go for it. Um, so first up, most important one is him going back to the Sixers, basically just for two seconds or a uh, protected first and like you know salary filler. Mike Scott and a trade exception. I think it'd have to be a lottery protected first. Like I think it needs to be a legitimate first. You think he's been playing pretty bad this year? He's been playing pretty bad because of 
their offense. Like, yeah, yeah. no, no, like, I agree. <laughs> I agree. That's why I want him. I mean, he's he he hasn't been logging. He hasn't even been logging in minutes. No, that's crazy. Yeah. Like, he's, crazy. He doesn't play. Like he's not even rostered I, on our fantasy league. That says something. I think Reddit could be an upgrade in some ways for Philly, but if you think about the guys in that two spot, that two to three flex spot that Philly has, you've got Seth Curry, who's still been. Gr- I mean, he's been struggling since COVID stuff, but but you have to. Think, I like yeah, I like Seth though. Like yeah. he's 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 going to be really efficient. Mm-hmm. Um, you have Shake Milton, who's been great as a fill-in guy when this team was struggling through COVID protocol things, and has obviously kind of fallen off and lost his spot in the rotation in the same way. Solid player, and but also solid. You also have as much we joke, Danny Green. Danny Green is what he is, and well, he's less than what he used to be, but. Okay, does does Reddick move? Does Reddick move the needle though? Does he actually? If you think, if you think of yes. those three guys, if you think of having those three guys that Philly already has, Milton, Curry, Danny Green, does adding Reddick into not just as, as a singular player, but into that rotation, move the needle enough to get rid of a first round pick? I don't think it's worth getting rid of a first round pick, and I don't think it'll be necessary to do that. Okay. I think right now, though, I, if Philly just even rides the hot hand in that in that two rule, they can basically replicate. They're going to be fine, though. They're going to replicate whatever small addition they would get from adding Reddick to the roster. All right, hey, who else do you have as a possible JJ Reddick suitor? Garson? Oh yeah, Is there anybody uh, Warriors else? Reddick for Ubre. I think straight up. I don't know. Something feels off with that value. I mean, um, I, I guess Ubre. You get locked into that contract is the only thing as opposed to Reddick expiring. But back to, you know, Ubre's on that kind of timeline of the Pelicans. He's a younger player. I don't know how old is he, 26, maybe 25. Honestly, about- I think, I think New Orleans might need to throw in a pick for that. <laughs> wow. You think so? I don't think so. I don't think so. I yeah, do. I don't think so either. Ubre has what been do- just as this? bad, if not worse, than Reddick. Yeah. Is there any way that they can? If, that the Warriors could get Lonzo and Redick in that Ubre deal? Then you have to, the Warriors have to throw in a pick or two. Then it would have to be the Minnesota pick at that point. No, no, no. no. Come on, man. No, no, no. no. For Lonzo? <laughs> no, yeah. I'm not. Listen, I'm not saying that's what they should do, but I think that's what they would need to do to get no. both of those guys. I think yes. they're throwing up uh, just like a regular, like one of their. You like, guys, you guys just said that Kelly Oubre's contract is insane because of how poorly he's been playing. Yeah, so you just said Reddick means- and a pick for Oubre. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no but, exchange but, the pick for Lonzo. But if yeah. we're if we're if we're under the interpretation that that evaluation for me was wrong, and if Ubre is that much of a dead asset, then then I just you think they're equal money at to... this point, equal assets. So then you have whatever you'd give up for Lonzo, which in my opinion would be a pick. One it would be pick. a Warriors pick, like yes. not the not the Timberwolves pick, but the Warriors whatever 20, 20th pick that it's going to be or something like that. I don't think you're getting much more for Lonzo, because again, whoever's like bringing him on, like you're probably doing it with the intention of matching an offer sheet, which is going to be he's not a, that he's a restricted free agent. I, I don't know. Somebody could Sacramento could come in here and be like, "We're going to do four years for 100 million." <laughs> no, they, <laughs> they have Halliburton. Had, that's the king. No, move they have right Halliburton. <laughs> oh, that, that's the point. No, though, yeah, Josh. they have Halliburton. <laughs> They're so they stupid yeah. that they would do it with yeah. like, they would, no they would, Minnesota. Minnesota would do it. You know, oh. they would. I was gonna say he's oh. gonna get like twelve million, four years, forty-eight million. That's what I think he's gonna get. Uh, that's what he's worth. But Fultz just yeah. got four years, fifty-five. He's gonna get more than Fultz. 
I think the little we saw of Fultz was like better than what we've seen of Lonzo this year. So I agree. But we've yeah, also we've also seen more from Lonzo because that yeah that name carries more because we've seen more. Yeah, yeah, that's I, true. I think his he, name think, carries a lot of value still, which is ridiculous. <laughs> like four for sixty, I think is very. I think it's reasonable, and I think it's very likely. And then that's the question you have to ask: Are you willing to hey, keep him on? This that? is this is a complete joke, and is more going to be utilized as a transition to our next team. Would, what would the Wizards have to do to lose Westbrook and get him out of Washington and then get Ball in return? It'd have to be Ball and and Adams, I think, just like to make the money work. Yeah, you got to – the money – And a pick from Washington. Three picks. <laughs> uh, Westbrook contract is another two years after this, right? It's a terrible contract. I think uh, they'd be – I think the Pels, I think they'd be interested in Westbrook with Zion. Wouldn't that be fun? <laughs> Could you flip Westbrook somewhere else then? Third team, third team that wants him. The Kings. Wait, can we can we talk about the Wizards for a second? Can we talk about the Wizards? All right, I, the Wizards have been so so bad this year. I can't even put into words how much they have not lived up to even the most minimal minimal expectations that they had going into this season. I thought the Wizards were a lock for the playoffs because I thought Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook would be a guaranteed 42 wins. Um, at least 500. At least 500. And so right now, right now the Wizards are 6-15 and 15 on the year. They are 3-15 and 15 when Westbrook plays and they're 3-0 and 0 without Westbrook. That's incredible. So, really? so like, I did not, yes, I did not know they're 3-0 they're and 0 when Westbrook doesn't play. So, what I I went into this year and I firmly believe that we can that the Wizards I say we because obviously Wizards fan here, the Wizards should not be selling Bradley Beal and I've thought that for a long time and once this team started playing so poorly to begin the year, I actually finally moved across the line and thought oh maybe it's time we get rid of Beal and we really re- restart this thing, but then when you factor in the idea that they are three and zero when Beal is playing and Westbrook is out. I don't know if this team should be a buyer or a seller or what they should possibly try to do. If you can get off Westbrook, I, then you keep Beal. But I don't know if they can do that. That's it. That, I, I, I don't know either. Like, what would you have to get rid of to get rid of Westbrook? You know what's really sad, Josh? It, it like, breaks my heart is that, I mean, we both, all three of us love John Wall. And if they hadn't made that trade, where would they the Wizards be, be right now? Because they would be, they would at least be 500. I think they'd they would be, be like playoff the contenders. Yeah. They would definitely be, they would be what we expected this team to be yeah i i just don't how can they suck so bad like on paper (laughs) they were screaming seven seed they were screaming like fighting with the magic the rest of their team is pretty bad though or is middling i think there's some good prospects but but i think again this team is also god knows what happened to lead them to miss two weeks worth of games due to covid i don't know what they were doing and I don't know what effect that had on the roster and on some of these younger guys. So I really do think there are brighter days ahead for this. I don't want to say this young core, but this young back end of the rotation, like there are much brighter days ahead, but even then we we've, we've hated on Westbrook for throwing out triple doubles unnecessarily for all of his career. I've never, until he got to the wizards, I've never seen him specifically play worse while getting a triple double. And... I mean, I love Westbrook. 
Dude, so I just did in the trade machine, Lonzo and Steven Adams for Westbrook does match salaries. So, you know, throw in two firsts. That's a good kind of like that team a lot. <laughs> Lonzo and Adams. Yeah. Beal. Beal? Yeah. Oh! And uh Bertans. Let's go. Oh, I got a um I got a few more trades I want to run by you guys. I, I know Please we're don't. we're running late here. All right. I got an Eric Gordon one, a Rockets one. Um, Eric Gordon for Josh Richardson and Boban in a future first to the Mavs. I don't know if Gordon's that much of an upgrade from Richardson, even though Richardson's not been great. Much better shooter, way worse defender. I think there are better days ahead for Richardson. Yeah, That's what I, I thought last year. That. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just telling you. I mean, no, listen, like no. I, Dallas, Dallas, Dallas has some problems, and a lot of that revolves around KP because KP has not been the – and the number Berea. two that Doncic needs, and yeah, Berea, I mean, I don't want to hold too much value on Berea. Like, lots I know you probably lots of value. <laughs> they've struggled not having someone in that role. I'll say that. Well, yeah, that Brunson wasn't, has, that wasn't, has not stepped up in that role. Like Berea isn't the guy to be in that role, but they need someone in that role, right? And yeah. um, again, I, th- I I think I think Dallas needs to make bigger moves than just getting Richardson. Lonzo? out of there for Gordon. I agree with that, but but they, you know, I don't think they're going to be able to trade Porzingis, and that's really the contract they need to move because they're not going to get rid of uh, I think they Dwight still Powell, make Keep, it work. Uh, Kleba and Josh Richardson for something else. Yeah, I think they I think they do too, Juan. Unless you got like a super offer, I think you don't even consider touching Porzingis. You just let them figure it out, right? Because they really haven't had as much time as you want them to. But that's also partially... Josh, what do you think um, are some moves that they could potentially... What holes should they try and fill? They don't have enough shooting. And again, so maybe Eric Gordon, that deal is good because it gets them a, yeah. a more proven option, but... a more proven shooter. And they're they're flailing right now at that like solid three to four positional asset. They don't have a guy to fit that role nicely. Cause you have you have Dorian Finney Smith, you've got Maxi Kleba, you've got all these guys that are never yeah. going to move the needle enough to help propel this team as a contender it, it's just like a kind of like a fledgling squad that what it's, if they, it's never going to get there what if they went the other way right um because i was kind of thinking of them as buyers uh, but you're naming those players that i just honestly don't even like any of them except i do like kleba um but he's miscast he should be a five not a four he was guarding lebron and like and Kawhi, like in these like major series <laughs> it was crazy um, dude <laughs> and he was holding he was doing fine it's just you know that's not his role. Um, what if they sell? His ability. They sell everybody but Porzingis and Doncic. Everybody's on the table. I don't think you get enough in return that. unless you get rid of Porzingis. But even yeah. then, what value does Porzingis have right now? Exactly. Yeah, I don't know if it's worth it. But I guess what, what I'm if they, man, if they could get like a couple first round picks and they can turn that into somebody else later. I don't know who that is. Of course, you know we don't know who's coming down the pipeline. But like, can but you trade think- Hardaway for a first? I like Hardaway, so I don't know. I don't even know if I'd want to do that, but. I think you could get a first for Hardaway. Look, I think right now this roster sort of is a – it's a best that they could do under the circumstances construction after trading for um, Porzingis, right? I think they're still really young. I don't think it's a win-now type of season. You know, you were really excited after you saw last year. But I think they're – you know, I think they want to be buyers, but it just it might just be one of those situations where you just have to kind of wait for a couple of these contracts to expire. They should be a win in a win now mode, though, dude. With Doncic on the rookie contract, they have an yes. opportunity to when, add when are they one ever... or two max players. Yes, this is just this is a classic. You know how, like the you know quarterback. how 
Yes, it's a classic yeah. quarterback situation when you have an all-star quarterback on a rookie contract, and that's like that is the an all-star quarterback on a rookie contract is probably the most valuable asset in Andy like, Dalton's 2012, right? Like, <laughs> but but for real, that's that's the equivalent of what Doncic is like right now. Doncic is a top seven player as a four and like top four with a ceiling and like I, I an MVP caliber player. Yes, right now and yeah, yeah, yeah. right now, yes. I don't know. I don't want to assume that Dallas is blundering this because look at what they well, did with Dirk, right? They had Dirk for all of his career and they were a fledgling team for a long time. And then they finally put it together and built something really smart and really almost creative uh, through their front office and prioritized the right things that other teams didn't prioritize. And boom, they won a title. Uh, they got um, lucky. They got lucky. They should have won a title before that, but they got lucky that year. I mean, yeah, but like, so I, I don't want to, I don't want to demonize them too much because yeah, yeah. they put it together before, but it really feels like they are on their way to blundering something that should be incredible. Mm-hmm. Well, what, what I'm saying is that they sort of locked themselves into the same problem that hindered them after that uh, 2011 championship year, right? Since 2011, all they've done is overpay players that they thought were going to be worth what they paid for and they've failed every single time. Uh, I'm going to exclude Porzingis in this conversation just because we've seen enough that he could be worth what he's paid. Mm-hmm. They're banking on like them having the ability to rehabilitate him. So we'll, we'll, I think that's still a question mark, right? But you're paying Tim Hardaway $19 million and I don't think he's good enough. He doesn't provide what they need for 19 million. They're paying James Johnson. Who's not even playing $16 million paying Dwight Powell $12 million and playing Josh Richardson $11 million. These are guys that if you, if you package them together, then maybe you can get something that's going to push them over the top, but. And maybe that guy's out there. Maybe that, maybe that guy shows up. Right. Um, With that and like a bunch of picks for an all-star caliber player, you're not going to get a superstar with that, but maybe that shows up. And then, and then all of a sudden we're sitting here saying, like Josh said, they're, we're trusting the team and all of a sudden they're like, they look brilliant. Porzingis, Doncic and X star. Yeah. I want to backtrack and this might be, maybe this is the last point in the pod. What if Dallas somehow traded for Brandon Ingram? I don't know if there's enough ball to go around, but if he can, I don't think Ingram has that kind of ego where he couldn't, you know, put that aside and he'd still probably get 24 points. And then New Orleans I, I like keeps it. Lonzo alongside Zion and they use that to build. If they're trading Ingram, because I know they, I would imagine they value him really highly. Yeah. How many picks do you need to give up to do that? You would probably need two or three picks. Yeah. If you're, if you are the Pelicans, you would need two picks. If you're Kevin O'Connor, you need four picks. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Ben Simmons is minus two picks. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. This is why I'm saying they can wait. It doesn't have to be this year. It doesn't have, they don't have to go for broke this year. So next year, Luca's still on a rookie contract. He gets paid ten million, which mm-hmm. is on his still his still his rookie scale. But both Tim Hardaway and James Johnson come off the books. That's like forty five million dollars in salary that's coming off. But that's like they could trade that right now. They they have it set up that way because they were trying to go after Giannis. But now that they either need to sign them again to one year deals and be in the same situation they are in right now, or they need to trade it. I mean, I just think that they can. What I'm saying is, if there's a guy that they want to target, right? Yeah. Then I think they're better off holding on and making sure they can sign the guy that they want in free agency. If there's not a specific target out there, then yeah, yeah, you try to get what you can through trade. But what I'm saying is you can do it with just the salary cap and not have to give up picks. Yeah. I feel like I, um, there aren't many good people coming off of the books 
who aren't going to resign with their teams for the 2021 class. Oladipo comes to mind as somebody Ooh. like Kyle Lowry, but he's kind of old now. DeRozan. Oladipo, I think, um, would be a great fit. Don't you think he's he's a better Tim Hardaway? <laughs> they see, Drew Holiday I'd love to team. see them keep Hardaway and get somebody like that. Oladipo Lowry. would be phenomenal. Yeah, he'd be great there. But can they keep Hardaway too? What do you think? If they sign Oladipo in the summer, they could. But if Hardaway becomes your fourth option instead of your third, that's a big difference and a much better Absolutely. situation to have him in. Absolutely. And so what his salary would probably be based on, I don't know, I guess $18 million a year. He's probably he's probably paid just about where he would get paid in the summer. Thinking of like think- Danny Green gets $15 million, you know? Yeah, <laughs> but that's, like- that's because he was like the only thing left. Ten million too much. Usually backwards. (laughs) I agree. Ten million too much. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever's left just gets the scraps, and it's like, oh, we're the only guy. So here's our here's our twenty or fifteen million a year. Let me say this though, like I just said, oh, like THJ would be a great fourth option instead of a third option. I think the mentality for Dallas is, fuck the fourth or fifth option. We need a star. Right. It's 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 the it's the we're going to do whatever it takes to get LeBron and AD mentality. It's yeah. it's Brooklyn's mentality to get their new big three. That's that's what's going to win championships now. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I well it's always won championships. That's just, exactly exactly. And, and, and they're put in the position now where he's so cheap that they can afford to do that without even going over the luxury tax. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm sure they would. Or but... they can go over the luxury tax and just exactly. get that extra guy. Yeah. 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 So like that they have a huge advantage and I can't remember which one of you said Ingram. Like, if they love Ingram, that's a move I make. If they can get him for three first-round picks, I make the move if I like Ingram that much. I'm looking at restricted, or not just restricted. I'm looking at free agents. He's restricted next year. But in terms of shoot, which is not necessarily what they always need, but what about if they pay Duncan Robinson, right? He'd be a lot cheaper, and I think he'd be a good Yeah, fourth options. Fourth option. Yeah, you're right. He probably, yeah. He's not good enough to be a third option. but I think he'd be know. a better fourth option than THJ, though. Like, I'd rather – yeah. On that team, THJ is like, I can't believe we're calling on THJ now, but I love it. Yeah. Um, I don't know, <laughs> but uh, him off the bench, six like he's like one of those guys, like twenty four minutes a game off the bench, little microwave man. THJ is yeah. a borderline Grant line guy. I think he's a. I think he's better I, than Jeremy Grant. I don't. I know yeah, it might be blasphemous here, but. <laughs> I think Oladipo is the the guy they should go for. Oladipo wants Miami. Yeah, but what source, if Miami- all my sources say Oladipo wants. <laughs> They don't have any. Josh's Miami sources are saying he wants to go to Miami. <laughs> I think uh, they probably won't make a move in the before the trade deadline, but they do need to be buyers ASAP. What they're doing right now sure as hell is not going to work. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, parting shots. Murray for Beal. Which Murray? Jamal Murray. I wouldn't take that as Wizards fan. Beal's too good. At time after time in the playoffs, not just la- not just Cindy Lauper. Right, but... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, oh boy. that was good. No, that was good. You're going off the rails. <laughs> just what I'm saying is bucket getter when it counts. Jamal Murray could go one for twelve in one of his horrible down games, but he'll still hit the three at the end. Okay, so Murray Murray centered package Wait. for Beal sounds like it's on the table though. Yeah, Murray and something. Murray and Will Barton. If Denver makes a move for Beal, it's going to involve MPJ nah. instead of Murray. If I'm Denver, I don't do that. I'd rather give up Murray. I think they want Murray. Okay, so would you take? Yeah, you, you might be right, MPJ Josh. I, I wouldn't, but yeah. 
I don't because you wouldn't do it straight up. MPJ is on that T Mac T Mac trajectory, dude. I'm I'm ready for it. I'm that I'm the Reddit guy right now, type, typing that. His PER and points per game are the same. They're 15 <laughs> points their second year. <laughs> Wait, I have one more. I have one more parting shot. Okay. Yes, give it to us off the bench from Josh. Who is the best Murray? Jamal Murray or Dejounte Murray? Oh, Jamal. Yeah, I'm 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 such a big Jamal fan that I guess like I in, a vacuum, in, in a vacuum. In a vacuum, I think Jamal. I think there's a chance that if we have the same conversation a year from now, Dejounte could be that guy. Dejounte right now is playing. You know how like a team that's like top three in the West or East, sorry, just like top three in their conference always has like one player that shouldn't be an all-star make an all-star team. That's what Dejounte would be if the Spurs had a better record. Like he would get in with the Rosen if the Spurs were in third. And it's like, well, should he be like, probably not, but whatever, we'll, we'll include him in. <laughs> Josh, you should pull up those. Uh, I, I don't know the numbers, and I know you sent that image with of the off the on off and on court um, for the Spurs. But I feel like Dejounte Murray before his injury, before his knee injury, was really really good on defense, and that was like one of his shining highlights. And now his offense has kind of turned, but his defense I don't think is very good. Like anytime I watch, I kind of see him getting beat. Um, his help defense is a little slow. He's, like his rotations aren't that great. Like I, I know he knows how to do it, but I don't know if it's just like your lateral quickness kind of goes when you have an injury like that. Yeah, he definitely hasn't been the all NBA defender that he was. Yeah, because he was he was shaping up. Great, but yeah, but right. steals are kind of they're misleading, man. You know, Iverson yeah, yeah. led the league in steals for years, and he was <laughs> not good on defense. You're right about that. Like his defense hasn't been the same. I don't know if it's related to the ACL or just the yeah. way they're they're playing on defense. Uh, anyways, back to your point on Murray on Murray, Murray versus Murray. I think if he can get to where he was defensively before that injury, along with where he's come offensively i mean that's a very dynamic two-way player that's somebody that can be your second best player on some of these teams i'm gonna leave one more parting shot hanging in the air without an answer because we need to go (laughs) are we becoming a spurs pod because somehow we start every pod on the spurs (laughs) we hit the spurs in the middle and we get back to the spurs at the end spurs tj jeremy grant Yeah, we are definitely a Jeremy Grant pot as well. So yeah, got to rep Grant line. All right. On that note, we are going to be signing off. I'm sure many, I'm sure one of the idea, trade ideas that we shared tonight is going to happen. It might be one out of a hundred, but one of them will happen. I guarantee it. But in the meantime, we've still got a solid month and a half until we have to really worry about this trade deadline approaching. So lots of basketball to go. We will be back next week to talk more about what's happening around the NBA. Peace. My name is Josh King for Darcy, for Juan. We are our last guys off the bench. Peace out. Peace. Good. <laughs>